friends, and welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. The Saratoga 2021 race meet is fully underway. We're one week down. That means we have seven weeks to go. I'm already exhausted, as I'm sure many other people are. It was like day two, and I was at the track. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm ready for a nap already, you know, so that's just what Saratoga will do to you, but just so happy to be back here. It has been so much fun getting a chance to see fans on the track as we're back at full capacity this year and uh, take selfies with people. Um, Everybody's been so nice, so happy to be back at the races. And if you are planning to come out this summer or are on the fence about it, just do it get over here, get your picnic table in the backyard, get your seat in the grandstand, wherever it is you want to be. It's worth it. There's just so much great racing still to come. And the vibe at the racetrack is just incredible. Um, We've completely smashed all the records for opening week, um, which is so cool and, and so grateful to all the fans for that. And we've seen some really special performances too. I'm going to talk about one of those big special performances with that horse's trainer on today's show and also look ahead to some of the big fireworks we're going to see this summer coming up at the start of August with the Basic Tipton Saratoga sale, which is back this year. So a lot to look forward to. I really enjoyed speaking with the guests on today's show like I do every week, but a really special one this week and looking ahead to some more exciting things in Saratoga. And if you are in town at Saratoga, feel free to find me at the racetrack. Say hello. Love connecting with all of you and hope you enjoy today's show. Very happy to be joined by trainer Wesley Ward, who has uh, put up with some some technical issues and getting a chance to record this and taking some time on a Monday. Wesley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, So you kicked off Saratoga in a big way with Golden Pal in the quick call. Let's start by talking about him and the performance that we saw on opening day. Just what were your thoughts on that? And I guess, how did he come out of the race as well? Well, He came out fantastic. You know, one of the reasons why I had him in this race is I knew it was going to be opening day and it was going to be a virgin turf course that, uh, you know, it was going to be really good for him to come in and out of. He's uh, He's blessed with so much talent, um, natural talent, and he's so fast that uh, when when he lays his body down, I want him down on a, on a course just mm-hmm. like he ran on uh, on Thursday. Were you expecting him to be just so dominant as he was? Because he did have the layoff to contend with coming back in there. I was very confident. You know, he mm-hmm. essentially only had three total breezes for the race, mm-hmm. uh, and those being at uh, Churchill on the grass. Um, the other two were just kind of maintenance open gallop, so to say, so to speak there with them. And so uh, that, that's what was very impressive, but, you know, I've always from the onset of uh, knew how much ability he had. And I, I really looking at the race on paper, I knew that he just, you know, he's one that would be at the top of the list of the, all the horses that I've trained and looking at his competition. I didn't think that those were uh, would have been there for their respective trainers. So I thought, I think I, I, I thought just ability wise that, you know, he towered over them. And so I, I was very, very confident going in. He was purchased as a yearling back in 2019. And obviously he's got the big pedigree being out of Lady Shipman and by Uncle Mo. Uh, but what was it that was so appealing about this horse right at the beginning when he was a yearling even? You know, you could just see, um, 
you know, from the first time I seen him, Ben McElroy mm -hmm. took me over to, to see him and you could really just see, um, you know, be like seeing LeBron James when he was <laughs> you know, in, in high school. I mean, he, you, you could just see what, what he was going to fill out to be. And he was also, you know, when he came out, you could tell that, you know, he's very intelligent horse. Um, just everything that I like to see in a racehorse he had. Well, when he started, the world was a little uncertain as I actually saw him on the dirt in his first race at Gulfstream and just remembered being kind of blown away and like, wow, I can't wait until I get to see this horse on the turf. I mean, what was that like starting him out as a two-year-old and not having Keeneland, no racing in New York at the time and just not sure with what the schedule was going to be at that time? Well, this guy was always meant for Royal Ascot. I mean, mm -hmm. he was at, always at the top of my list, you know, uh, and during the breaking process. Um, and I just, I, I was always very, very excited about this guy. And we moved him up from Florida, where I do most of my breaking and training of the babies, uh, to Kentucky to get ready for Keeneland. Um, and a lot of the grass horses, because it's four and a half furlongs and mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's the eventual grass horses will get through, even though it's on the dirt at mm -hmm. Keeneland because it's four and a half furlongs. And essentially it's almost downhill the first, when you're coming out of that chute there. Um, and then, as you just said, the, the pandemic hit and racing was canceled for the spring meet at Keeneland where we had to redirect things and get him back down to Florida. Mm -hmm. So he went from, you know, a tropical winter climate in south florida back up to the frozen tundra and uh, in keeneland and acclimated in very well and had to turn right back around and bring him back down because we needed to start to get over to ascot and um you know and then as, as it went when he let him out into the paddock from the paddock and i i put tyler up i said tyler i said i just want you to know this is i really believe this is one going to be one of the best horses i've ever trained and, you know, I mean, I've ridden him off and on for, you know, he's a wonderful jockey. And since then, he's won big races for me. He's a great guy. I don't know if he really just thought I was, you know, just over super confident in a horse mm -hmm. or not. And uh, when he when he broke from the gate, you know, he slapped him on the shoulder uh, and he just took off, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, he went 21 and two the first quarter. Um, and it was. Uh, it was just too much for a two-year-old at that time. You know, I mean, any two-year-old that goes 21 and two, the first part, they're just not going to be able to finish, you know, and it's, it's no fault of Tyler's because he didn't really know the horse. You know, at that time, the jockeys were mandated not to come out in the morning. Otherwise I would have had him yeah. come out and he could have got a feel of the horse and known exactly what I was trying to, trying to tell him. Um, and, you know, essentially that was, he still dug in game the last part of the, the, to the race and tried to, to hold on but he just couldn't sustain from, from going so fast the first quarter of a mile in, in April of a two-year-old year, you know, yeah. to go, to go that far. So I, you know, I seen everything that I, in that race, what I really thought he was even in defeat. And then overcoming all of that, he ran so well in the Norfolk, but I think his Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint performance was to me, perhaps one of the most impressive Breeders' Cup performances of the whole weekend from the outside post. I mean, just talk a little bit about getting him to that point and what you saw in that Breeders' Cup race from him. Well, it kind of goes back a little bit from that race. When, when we went to Ascot, um, I told it, you know, I wasn't there. 
I chose not to go just based on, you know, I didn't want to have a lot of, even though I could have went, I didn't want there to be, you know, a lot of me going into another country with the whole pandemic and everything. So uh, the staff I had that was over there did a great job, but um, unfortunately we couldn't have Frankie. Uh, he was committed to ride another horse and he's who rides the majority of the horses that I have, like, like this coat going over there. So we had uh, Andrea, at Cini on the horse, um, who I'd never ridden. And I tried to sort of tell him about the horse, a little bit like Tyler, um, where if you if you move too soon, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just not gonna finish at that stage in his career. I know mentally he just wasn't quite there, you know. And uh mm-hmm. so we were we broke and we were right there and uh, it, it rained a lot. So the course had a lot of given it. Uh, it was kind of deep. And it, the horse he was with, he just boom, he left and opened up a couple of links on the horse. And then the last three or four jumps, he just kind of folded. And the horse that he just went ahead and left, he got beat by. So I knew that, um, you know, it, it was a little bit of jockey air over as well in, in uh, at, at Ascot. Otherwise, I think the horse would be undefeated right now. You know, yeah. he would have just kind of yeah. been a little bit more patient. And maybe it, just as I said with Tyler, Tyler had gone on him one time in the morning. He would have been able to know him as well as this jockey if he was able to get on the horse he would have been able to you know in one breeze he would have felt what he had and, and knew exactly where where he was so going into saratoga um you know i had irad on him and he had a, a couple of nice breezes. he got a, he had a good feel of the horse and he rode him beautifully over here as well at uh going into the breeders cup mm-hmm. he knew what he was sitting on you know, so a, a little bit of an error that he had was when they broke and they got down the backside, if you watch, he kind of checked him to where he mm-hmm. was a couple in front from the outside draw, like you said, and he checked back to where he was a little bit too much yeah. to where he had to kind of, he's, he's so quick and agile that he was able to, you know, just, just kick right back on and get right back in position. So um, the race the other day was, was a fantastic race where he broke. He was there. He sat. He almost had, you know, it, it was a, it was a wonderful ride. Irad knows the horse now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, really am so excited for this horse moving forward as he come out of the race. So, so well. How validating is that when you, you like a horse as a yearling and obviously there's so much that can go wrong, just even trying to get them to the racetrack. And when you see it really come together and you're like, wow, I have a horse on my hands that has so much talent and, and so much excitement looking forward to those races down the line. I tell you, it's just uh, to have a horse of this quality, you know, in, in your barn and you just, you make sure you're extra special extra careful to make sure mm-hmm. that when he when he goes out there on the track every each and every morning especially during his breeze breeze days that that you know everything is just as perfect as i could get it. because you just want to see this guy really kind of he's, he's he's really coming into his own right now and now that he's three he's really going to step up to really be what you know what he was born to be well, you talked a bit about going over to Ascot, and obviously you, I think, have really paved the way for a lot of Americans to try that path as well. How do you decide which horses you think will be a good fit for the races over there at Royal Ascot? Well, I, I, you know, as we're getting closer with, especially with the babies, it's, you know, it's, it's attrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate now I'm starting with a bigger pool, a bigger group. And as we get closer, you know, the ones that kind of are leaving the other ones in behind in their workouts, 
Um, those are the ones that move on to the following week. And then we move those together and those together and those together till we get down to a select few. Um, and then we, we go through the races, you know, the early races at Keeneland and, and around the country. And then the winners, we go from there once we get them back, cause it's about two months from the time that they win in April until we're going over to, to England, you know, and, and as well, you'll take from that pool and you get closer and the, the ones that have risen to the top during the workouts on the grass at Keeneland, those are the ones we move over. And then of course we have to contend with who's ever good over there. Mm-hmm. Is that something you kind of have in the back of your mind when you're looking at the sales as well? Are you kind of thinking, oh, this may be an asking horse down the line? Yeah, I'm always looking at for horses that I've been successful with as yearlings and then develop on to being the ones that that went on to, 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 that have been successful at Ascot, I'll try to emulate the same physical types to buy, to move forward. You have a great relationship with, uh, with Stone Street Farm and Barbara Banky as well. And, and seeing some of the very fast horses, um, that, that you've had for her. And I know has been kind of a, an excitement of going overseas as well. Tell me a little bit about that relationship and some of the horses that you've been able to train in those iconic colors. Well, you know, Lady Aurelia, she, she was the first to mm-hmm. uh, really go over there and, and um, to put Barbara in the royal enclosure or winner's enclosures there. And, and she was very special that she was able to, you know, sort of dominate the race at two and then come back and replicate and win, win again at, at three, um, and a group one at three. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was very, very special. Um, and, and, you know, to actually have a, a American homebred for Barbara mm-hmm. trained uh broken trained at her training facility by Ann Brennan and then given to me and then we able to to go over to to have the success that that was that was very very special um that uh and it kind of it's infectious aspect once you 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 have success there and you're and you and and I think uh thank god Barbara's infected by the infectious <laughs> <laughs> She wants to keep going. <laughs> Thank God for me, anyways. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much for some other people uh, that you'd be running against, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I have never been, and it's it's something I've been dying to do. Um, obviously, you know, we lost the chance last year, as you were saying, but um, something that is number one on the bucket list for me uh, to even just go there and experience it because it seems like such a special, such a special um, week to be part of. I mean, like you said, it's infectious winning, but just talk a little bit of the experience of running horses there at, at Ascot and how you have really kind of gotten more comfortable, I guess, with training and, and pointing horses to that week? Um, you know, you, you, you learn through your mistakes always mm-hmm. you know, in life in general. Um, but uh, especially in, in horse racing, you learn more from your mistakes than you do, you know, from, uh, from your successes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you learn what not to do. And, um, and you, you, you try not to, to get those out of the way. And you kind of go with what you've been successful with. So, um, you know, I, I, I try to, as we're, as we're training and getting closer and then to get over there, um, you know, I try to go to, cause we're there for, I try to go a couple weeks out because they, they mandate a lot of, uh, hair testing and, mm-hmm. and blood tests along the way, once we get there. So I try to let them get over there early and kind of get settled in. 
um, with them because actually the horses, when they you, you usually, as you go around the world, you want to get in to the race as close as possible to where the horses stay at their, their environment where they're comfortable with. But actually when they go to England, it's almost like being at a farm. So the horses end up putting on weight and they, they actually mm -hmm. thrive over there. So you can go early. Um, the horses just, uh, they do very, very well. It's a little bit cooler climate. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have a lot of respiratory issues uh, in England because the air is so clean and clear. When you get there, it's not like you're, you know, you're, you're at, uh, aqueduct and you're on the belt parkway there it's a beautiful beautiful <laughs> place that at all the different facilities they have and i actually I've, I've met a lot of uh trainers now by going over there and 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 talking and and you know and and i'm kind of getting their mind a little bit and i learn a lot from them um and so i try to go to a different yard prior to going into uh ascot itself i was going a, you know, two days out from when the meet starts to where the horses get kind of in there and settled in for the races but uh, you know, the, the good uh, week and a half time prior to going in there, I always try to go a different yard to where I can kind of get around and see how, you know, other other trainers do things. Physically, you talked about how the horses thrive traveling over. Do you find mentally you, you need to choose horses that are maybe a little bit further along or maybe a little bit more durable than some others to handle the travel? No, you know, the, the two-year-olds I have, they kind of get around quite a bit, you know, mm -hmm. from, especially barbers go to, you know, from, from the sale down to Ian Brennan's and then uh, me taking them down to South Florida, they end up going to uh, all three tra tracks in South Florida. I mean, uh, I try to do all my gate work at Calder, which is no longer, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but also Gulfstream and, and Palm Meadows, we get to get on the grass. Um, so this year I'm, I'm planning on going to Payson. So, you know, they'll, they'll get to be, you know, well-rounded and they'll see a lot of different things. So once, once they get over there, I do try to send the pony every year. Uh, mm -hmm. My very first winner, um, Strike the Tiger, he goes over with them. And so he kind of leads the way to taking them to the starting gate. I think that's a big advantage as well for, for American horses because, you know, we, we always have ponies going to the gate and, and breaking, you know, the pony's always right there with them as opposed to the Europeans, they don't use the pony. So it's just a little bit of a getting settled in by the time you get the horse saddled and get the jock on it, they, they feel a little bit more comfortable, the younger and older horses as well. So obviously a lot of nice winners on the racetrack, but we're always looking for the next one. And uh, with a lot of yearling sales coming up, we're going to get to have the basic tipped in Saratoga sale back this year, which we didn't get to have last year. Um, what's the feeling going into some of these sales coming up? Are, are you looking for some more and what are some of the things that you're looking for? Uh, well, as you, we discussed earlier, you know, you're always looking for, for something that like a golden pal, you know, something mm -hmm. that kind of catches your eye and you, you, you know, one of those that you just got to have or several of those that you just, you know, kind of clink, you try to get and, and, and hopefully have enough uh, buying power behind you to, to land the final bid. But um, there's, you know, we're, we're uh, thank, thank God everything's opening up now, especially mm -hmm. like you just said, the, the sale up here in Saratoga, that one, that'll be one that we target because we're here and it's easy for us mm -hmm. uh, to get over and see all the horses in the sale. So I know, um, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it looks, you know, everybody's betting with both hands right now, you know, that the records are, are falling at uh, Del Mar and Saratoga for opening weekend, which is fantastic. And the fans are all here. It's, it's great to have uh, racing back, uh, you know, and, and like, like you'd like to see. 
being a former rider, do you feel like that gives you an advantage too of looking at horses and, you know, thinking about how it would feel as, as you're so familiar with riding those races and, and what a horse is going to give you? Uh, no, I don't think that's, that's, uh, you know, riding jockey and training, mm -hmm. they're just two separate, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I've learned that, you know, I was fortunate that my riding career, it was unfortunate at the time, but I'm fortunate now that uh, my training career started at uh, 21 years old, mm -hmm. you know, right when I stopped uh, riding races, I only rode for five years from 16 to 21. Uh, you know, I was forced to, to find something real quick, what I wanted to do, because I had to make money. And that was <laughs> training. And um, I remember uh, when I first started training, I, I got really, really excited. And then went from Washington State, and I had a beautiful colt that uh, I thought, I led him over and uh, had a jockey, Joe Steiner on the horse, I put him up. And I really thought this horse was going to have a good chance at winning and I had him in the right spot, you know, first time I threw the jock up and he was all excited that I was excited. And mm -hmm. we got beat a nose and a quarter of a mile. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if I had the same horse here today, I would, uh, I, I wouldn't even run, you know, he'd be one of those that, that ended up at Belterra or somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I never took him to Santa Anita. So it's just, you know, it's a learning curve and a learning process. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it takes, takes a lot of time to, to get a good feel of everything, but, you know, hopefully, and I'm still learning a lot, especially by the travels. Anything you can give us a little hint of that you're excited. We may want to look out for perhaps at Saratoga or, or coming up the rest of this year. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got a Philly that I've been waiting on and, um, She's finally just about there. We got a, another another few days to go. It's a Caravaggio filly, a, oh, wow. a great great friend of mine, Charlie O'Connor with Coolmore, um, has a partnership together in in her. And um, her name's Her World. Susan Moulton named her. She's a part owner as well. And uh, really really excited about this filly. She's unfortunately didn't make it over there. She had a little bit of a shin issue, mm -hmm. so, so we had to kind of back up and kind of let her tell us when she was ready. And we had. Johnny on last week and I, I see that the works were on the uh, the work was on XBTV it was uh, I told Johnny I said this is this is a favorite of all my two-year-olds and unfortunately she didn't make it for him to go over to Ryder because he wrote yeah. the majority of the two-year-olds there uh, so he was he after he got off he was he was kind of impressed so we'll see what happens here in the race all right well can't wait to see her Wesley it was such a pleasure getting a chance to pick your brain a little bit today thank you so much for taking the time anytime appreciate it Really excited to be joined today by Anna Seitz, Client Development and Public Relations Manager from Phasic Tipton, and uh, somebody that I admire greatly and have always really wanted to have on the show. So very happy to chat with today. Anna, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Acacia. I'm really looking forward to doing this with you. Um, I admire you as well, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun doing this together. Yeah, absolutely. And a fun summer coming up too with the 100th anniversary of the Saratoga sale coming up this summer for Phasic Tipton. I mean, how, how meaningful and exciting is that, especially since we didn't get to have this sale last summer? It is a very big deal to us, all, all of us here at Phasic Tipton. I think because of what you just said, especially because we didn't get to come up there last year, it was really sad last summer. I remember the day mm -hmm. when Boyd said, we got to call it guys. We or Boyd Browning, the president said, we cannot go up to Saratoga and put on the sale. It was a sad day here at Phasic Tipton because we haven't, the, all of us that work here have never missed a Saratoga sale. There's only, the only time it was ever canceled was during the World Wars and, it, and 
So for us not to be up there and to be part of the city of Saratoga in the sale, it was pretty depressing. But I think this year everyone's ready to go and um, it's going to be a pretty special few days of us being up there. So not only not only is it incredible horses that are offered, but it's a it's a great party, too. I mean, talk a little bit about why that's so special, especially, you know, in a place like Saratoga, where maybe people who are not as familiar with what happens at the sales can enjoy it as well. Exactly. It's um, so we start the weekend off by we sponsor races at the track. We have the Phasic Tipton Festival racing going on at the racetrack. So it gives everybody a chance um, to come over to the races. It's a great card. Well, it looks like now it's all weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. It was just like tremendous racing before our sale. So people that live in Kentucky, especially, you know, we, we are looking forward to getting up there and getting to the track. But people come from all over the country and all over the world are coming in for this sale. You know, they're working on um, hopefully the borders are supposed to be opened back up and they're saying mm -hmm. maybe internationals will be able to fly in again. So we're hoping that happens soon. But um, so we spend three days at the races. We sponsor races. We host our clientele. Um, we just do a lot of fun stuff across the street with Naira. And then um, we have our own party for all of our clients. So it is, it's a big party because they don't want to come up and just go to a horse sale. Yes, that's mm -hmm. fun, but they also want to come up and experience everything that's going around the sale. So I think that's what makes it special. It's going out to nice restaurants, going to fun cocktail parties, seeing people you haven't seen in two or three years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I think makes it so special. And then the sale itself is open to the public um, on Monday and Tuesday night, August 9th and 10th. We just um, have to ask the public is... Um, we are restricting the inside of the sales pavilion to registered buyers and sellers because it's just so mm -hmm. crowded. And we thought, you know, with everything going on, it needs to be restricted. But the public is more than welcome to come out and stand on the sales grounds outside and watch all the action and get a drink and get a bite to eat. It's just such a great atmosphere. It's it's really exciting. It's it's really electric. And I think that it's going to be even more so this year. Um, it is a select sale too in Saratoga. Tell me a little bit about the process and how the horses that do end up in the book are are accepted to be sold at Saratoga in the summer. So this sale, being that it's a select, would be a cream of the crop yearling sale. So we have an inspection team, our team from Phasic Tipton. So uh, they actually go out and physically inspect all of the horses that are in this sale. They're handpicked. So when a breeder breeds a yearling and then says, I would like to nominate this horse to your Saratoga sale, they'll send us a pedigree. Uh, our inspection team will look at the pedigree. And if, if the family is active enough, then they'll go in and physically inspect the horse and select the horse for that sale. And so this sale you really get just really, really not only nice looking, physically beautiful animals, but also with a lot of big pedigrees, a lot, a lot of exciting horses in the catalog. So they're handpicked and there's about 210 horses catalog for the first sale. So um, it'll be fun to kick it off on the evening of August 9th. The other interview on this show um, that I recorded was with Wesley Ward, and he was saying that this sale is one that he points to, that he waits for looking to buy horses at this particular sale. What do you think it means to horsemen um, who are active or, or buying on behalf of clients to be able to know that there's going to be a sale like this on the calendar? I think it means a lot that uh, a bit like I was with Todd Pletcher over the weekend, and we were talking about mm -hmm. this sale, and I heard him telling some owners, oh, yeah, I'll be working that sale because it's not a hard sale to work because we mm -hmm. kind of make sure we weed out all the horses that wouldn't fit. So we're only bringing up a really good product. So for someone who's like a phenomenal horseman, like Wesley Ward, Todd Pletcher, all these owners, they, they get to see really nice 
flesh. And so I think they enjoy looking at all the nice mm-hmm. horses and then, and then narrowing it down to a short list. So it's fun watching those guys on the sales grounds. And um, that's nice to hear that Wesley says he waits for this one because <laughs> I can see what he means. I can, and there's really is something for everybody. I know there's really expensive horses in the sale, but they're on, they're not, you don't have to spend a million dollars. You know, there's horses that are a lower price point too. So I really truly believe there's something for everybody at this sale. Yeah, being a select sale, no matter where you go, you're going to end up with, with a good runner potentially too. Um, but looking at the proximity to the racetrack, which is something that you mentioned and talking about going to the races, how much of a piece do you think that that plays in encouraging people to just kind of come across the street? I think it plays a big, it's a big deal that they can walk over. It's all close. Everything's right next to each other. So um, I've noticed people don't, some horse sales, people just come in the day of the sale, but this sale, mm-hmm. no, they're coming in. Thursday to make sure they're there. They're not missing anything. So I think it really does play a big deal that they can walk across the street. And also it's really cool when you see a horse running at Saratoga that was bought at Phasic Tipton mm-hmm. across the street. I think that's always really special when you've got a big superstar that you're like, this horse was sold here two years ago and now it's running in a graded stake across the street or a year ago. You know, it's pretty neat to, for us. And I also read too, which is really cool, that this is the first sale to reach the milestone, or the first sale of its kind to reach a milestone of 100 years. I mean, how meaningful is that to be part of a company that has really withstood the test of time throughout the industry? Oh, it's amazing. I have so much pride working for Phase Tipton because the history and what this company has been through. I mean, it's been through a lot of ups and downs and the fact that we've survived and are doing well and people want to sell their best horses with us and want to attend our sales. That makes me very, very proud. And I know our whole team here at Phase Tipton feels the same way. So I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of smiling faces when we get ready to start that sale that night because um, all of us have worked so hard, but just the fact that, you know, like we said, we're back up there and to kick off this milestone and with the history, it, it'd be pretty special. You're coming off the July sale. And as always, I think one of the exciting things about the Saratoga sale is kind of getting to see the elites or unveiling of some of the newer stallions that are so fresh in people's mind, having been just recently on the racetrack this year, you've got the likes of Justify, Good Magic. I mean, how exciting is that to kind of market those new stallions and their progeny and the best ones of their progeny so far in this sale? Very. I mean, our July sale was extremely strong and we mm-hmm. started off that freshman sire showcase kicked off the July yearling sale with a bang. It, and it was, it was really good. We were really happy to see because we brought it back this year that it was so successful. So I think that momentum will carry into Saratoga with these freshman sires because people want to give the new ones a shot and we've got some really nice ones this year. So I think they're going to be up there trying to buy the one, especially people who didn't have any luck here in July. They're going to be up mm-hmm. there ready, locked and loaded, ready to go in Saratoga to make sure they get the, get these nice, these nice young, nice yearlings out of these young sires. You've also got, of course, the well-established sires, the candy yeah. rides, the into mischief, who's arguably the hottest sire perhaps in the world right now. And I'm sure that those always kind of attract some buzz to the really established ones as you're able to follow their results on the racetrack, right? Absolutely. I mean, he is, could not be hotter. And I mean, people will, they'll pick up our catalog and they'll say, how many intimacies do you have (laughs) right away? And so they will, I feel bad for those yearlings because they're going to be tired. They're going to be pulled out so many times, but yes, um, I mean, I'd have, I have a feeling he, his progeny will be lighting up the tote board those two nights. Mm -hmm. So client development and public relations manager, for those who maybe are not familiar or don't know much about the world of the sales, give us a little uh, little run through of what it is that you do and, and 
your your title, I guess, with Phasic Tipton, how you, you kind of keep the things going and get everybody ready for the sales. Sure. Um, the one cool thing about Phasic Tipton is a lot of us do a lot of different things. We wear different hats here, but um, I'd say, especially right now, my job, is the client relations is in full gear. Everyone is calling me and emailing me saying, getting organized for Saratoga. So it's great to see. It's great. We didn't talk to any of these people last year to see how many people are attending our sale and it's the right people like major buyers or want to be there and they want me to help them organize their entire experience because I, I, I love our owners in this game. Without them, we wouldn't have racing and I want to make sure they come up to Saratoga, come to our sale and that we show them a nice time and that they can stay in nice hotels and hopefully get into nice restaurants. So that's what we're full swing right now. I'm taking care of a lot of um, buyers and sellers, but I also recruit fillies and mares for our big November sale. I love doing that fillies because I spent four years working for Todd Fletcher. So I love the racetrack. I love being at mm-hmm. the track and um, recruiting those nice fillies to come and sell at the night of the stars or the dam of a hot horse to come and sell at our night of the stars. I really enjoy that process because once I, I feel like when I'm working with an owner to come to our sale, um, I become part, I, I get attached to their horse like it's yeah. my horse. So um, working with the people that own Monomoy Girl, they were all such great partners and working with Liz and Brad, it became like, even though I didn't own any of her, but selling her with them last year was so special to me because it was just being at all of her races and then watching her sell. I was like a proud mom and just so, so proud of Elite and all those owners. It was just, a, it was special. So that's a big part of what I do. And I also work with the racetracks when we do sponsorships, like with Naira, we'll sponsor races. We'll have um, parties at the track for our clients. That's a fun thing I enjoy. I, I just, like I said, I love being at the races and I love Phasic. Um, Boy's really good about aligning Phasic Tipton with, with a lot of different racetracks because they're our partners. You know, we do well, we want to support the tracks because they support us. You know, we have the same clientele, so it's fun working with the tracks to put on these big race days. And um, I also uh, oversee all the events and hospitality and food and food trucks and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's rarely a time I'm not busy, but I enjoy it. It fits my personality and um, being around so many great people just gives me more energy. So um, yeah, it's kind of what I do. I think in a nutshell, I'm not part of the inspection team really. I will go, inspect yearlings with the crew, but that wouldn't be something I do all the time. Um, we have a great team here who does that, but they'll, if a client of mine is selling yearlings, I'll go along and then I'll be able to relay to that breeder. Here's what we thought of your yearlings. We would love to sell at this particular mm-hmm. sale. And, um, so it's fun. We, we all work really well together and, um, I know everybody's geared up to get up there. You talked about um, loving the experience of watching horses on the racetrack. And I know that you um, play a big role in partnerships. And that's something that you really care a lot about, too, which I think is so awesome. And I think really one of the futures of of racing, too, is all the different partnerships. Tell me a little bit about all about the girls and and that endeavor. Sure. Um, I I noticed when I first started, I've been at Phasic Tipton for 12 years. And Mm -hmm. um, after I left Todd Pletcher and was working more in the sales side, I noticed all these people were so interested in the racing industry, but they had a million questions as did I, like, how do you mm-hmm. own a racehorse? How do you do this? Obviously it's expensive to do by yourself. So if you could do it with some partners, you could spread the risk. And it, I've noticed it's more fun to do it with a bunch of your friends and maybe by mm-hmm. yourself. So I remember about eight or 10 years, I think it was probably about 10 years ago, we bought our first horse. We brought a bunch of people and it was not for my girl syndicate. It was another syndicate, our first one ever. And 
we got lucky. We bought a Philly for $20,000 at the Phasic October sale, which I would have thought, it felt like we spent a million dollars. It was so <laughs> much money and ended up bringing 20 of my friends in and we named her I'm Already Sexy and she was a multiple stakes winner, won a bunch of grade threes, took us all over the yeah. country. So I noticed like all these young people were dying to get in and they wanted to have fun. And um, I also noticed there was a ton of women. They loved horses, all these women. I love horses. I love horses. How can I own a horse? And so that's kind of how I thought, you know what, why don't we start an all female racing syndicate? Because I think these women would love it. They just don't know how to do it. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of how it's all about the girls was born. And um, we have ended up branching out and having syndicates. It's all about the girls is in Australia. We've had horses in France. We've had horses in Ireland and here in the U.S. And it's really is all about for us camaraderie and um, education, teaching the women what it means to own a horse, but also making sure the horses are taken care of mm -hmm. when they're done racing. So we've rehomed some horses. And I think the women, that, that it's amazing to watch how these ladies they want these horses to be well looked after. And when one does find a second home and a new career, how much the women are continued to follow their second career. So I really mm -hmm. enjoy partnering. I've met a lot of amazing ladies through the syndicate and um, it's not an easy sport. You know, horses yeah. get hurt. Horses don't end up to be as fast as you'd like them to be. But if you can have fun along the way and meet some nice people, meet some great women, have some people to network with that you might not be able to meet in your normal life, then to me, that's a win. So um, that's kind of the, the basis of it's all about the girls. And it works also for my job. Um, I'm invested in this game. I, yeah. I understand the feeling that owners have when a horse gets hurt, when a horse doesn't get in a race, when the horse, when the races rain off the turf, because I'm doing it myself. So I, I think I can relate better to people that I'm talking to for Phasic Tipton because I'm doing what they're doing. So um, I think that they respect that and I respect them because it's, it's hard. You got to have thick skin to be in this game and um, having horses has taught me so much. So, you know, I really appreciate the experiences and all the different trainers we work with. I've, I've become very close friends of mine and mm -hmm. I admire these trainers who do this day in and day out. And um, so we're hoping to buy something. We tried to buy a Philly in July for us all about the girls, but it was so strong. We got outbid. So maybe we'll try in Saratoga or in the fall. I don't know. We'll see. It seems like it's been such a strong market this year. You know, I think everybody's just so excited to get back to the sales. Um, have, have you really seen that, as you said, a, a great response in July? And it seems like people are just ready to roll for the summer too. Sure are. New people, people reaching out to us from all over the world, setting up credit with Phasic Tipton, just new people. They're just, they're ready to go. You know, the market's strong right now. They're, I think they're watching a lot of racing again and they're, yeah, they're ready to go. It's just like mm -hmm. wild, the enthusiasm we're feeling and the buzz we felt at the July sale. So I'm, I'm hoping very, very optimistic. Hopefully that continues to roll over into future yearling sales for the rest of the year. I know it's the 100th anniversary of the Saratoga sale, but I wanted to ask you the following weekend with the New York bread sale, because mm -hmm. that's also something that was affected with the pandemic last year. And especially being in Saratoga where the New York bread program is so important to so many horsemen. Uh, if you could give us just a little run through of uh, some of the exciting things. I know the catalog just came out for that too. It did. It just came out yesterday. And um, I was up at, Sar I was in Saratoga for one day Sunday and it's amazing how many trainers reached out to me asking me about the New York Red sale because it's become a very, very good sale. It's got, it gets, yeah. it gets stronger and stronger. And the sale 
is August 15th and 16th. So um, it used to be Friday. It used to be Saturday and Sunday evening. So some people get confused. So I just want to clarify that now mm-hmm. it is uh, Sunday and Monday and we start Sunday in the evening and Monday in the morning. So um, yeah, it's just gotten to be because the money's good in New York, especially for New York breads. And um, there's just a really nice horses in that sale. It's a good excuse. We've noticed buyers stick around for the second sale more so than they might have done, say, five, seven, ten years ago. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're really looking forward to the New York Red Sale. And uh, having, and that's another sale that's definitely open to the public. Um, you can come in, over and check it out. It's not quite as crowded. Um, so it's a good sale to shop because you can um, – there's a lot more horses and a little more time. And it's not quite as crazy as the select sale when it comes to the whole city coming out. So – Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really good one for new people, especially New York owners that to learn, they can come out and inspect horses and check it all out. And finally, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned um, looking after horses after their careers, and that's a, a big, uh, a big focus in your syndicate and your involvement, which obviously is something really close to my heart too. Yeah. I mean, tell me a little bit about some of that importance of aftercare and maybe some of the strides that you've noticed we as an industry have achieved over the last few years as I think it really has become much more a part of the conversation. It's become so much more prevalent than, I mean, you like you're doing it every day too. So maybe even five years ago, I don't think there was as much talk as happening. And then you see new organizations popping up, new farms and just more owners being aware of it. I just don't think they were thinking of it before. Not not for any reason other than it just wasn't something that was on their radar. So mm-hmm. I think we have done a really good job in the States to make aftercare. Um, you know, there's a lot of, we partner with a lot of different aftercare charities at Phasic Tipton. We're always trying to do good things for aftercare. Um, it's nice to see. I hope the trend continues. And I've noticed when I travel overseas, other, other like people in other countries, maybe say, maybe like England, Ireland, they'll say, you know, we really watch how the United States how aftercare has become so important. And we're trying to do some of the same things that you are. We're trying to be what you guys are doing. I thought that was really amazing. Sometimes you only hear negative, but (laughs) it shows that we're, we're trying. We still have a long ways to go, but I think Mm -hmm. that um, if every owner tries to make it a, a priority to at least help in some way when the horses are finished, I think we'll get there. Yeah, I could not agree more and, and, and loved hearing that too. Um, Saratoga sale coming up, Anna, and for people that are interested in maybe coming out or taking a look at the book, uh, give a little plug. Where can we find information and uh, dates and time one more time? So the Saratoga sale, everything is on our website, phasictipton.com, and you can select the catalog that you want to see. There's like a picture of our actual catalog. So if you click on that, you can look at all the pedigrees. If a consigner has uploaded photos, walking videos, that will all be on our website. So I always tell people, you can actually watch the sale on our website. And now mm-hmm. as of, because of COVID, you can even bid online. So anyone that's interested, mm-hmm. usually people will be there in person, but for this sale, but um, you can now bid online, which is pretty cool. So the sales at 6.30, August, Monday and Tuesday night, August 9th and 10th. And the New York bread sale is the following August 15th and 16th. All right. Cannot wait. So excited to have these sales back in Saratoga this summer. And I'll see you there. Looking forward to catching up. And I know you're so busy this week. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Anna. Thank you for having me on. And we appreciate all your help and your enthusiasm for the game, Acacia. You're great for racing. So we look forward to seeing you at the sale.
And that means another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Courtney is in the books. A tremendous thank you to Wesley Ward and Anna Seitz. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from these two incredible individuals as much as I enjoyed speaking with them. Um, you heard a lot of great information from Anna about the sale coming up, but don't forget this summer on August 9th and 10th in Saratoga, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Saratoga sale. It's the world's most prestigious auction of select yearlings in a single catalog and some recent graduates that are, are pretty incredible as well. Grade one winners, known agenda, valiance, flagstaff, as well as exciting undefeated three-year-old first captain who we could potentially see in the Travers this summer. Also fun fact, bred by celebrity chef, Bobby Clay first captain was. So some really exciting horses that have come out of this sale. With the New York bread sale, you have the Travers Belmont Stakes winner, Tis the Law, having come out of that New York bread sale too. So looking ahead to all of that tremendous action, the Phasic Tipton Saratoga Select Sale has produced breed shapers, champions, classic winners, and international stars. So make sure you check out the catalog online. If you're in town, come by the sale and looking forward to seeing what unfolds at, at that tremendous sale. Always a great night at Phasic Tipton. And a lot more great racing still to come this summer at Saratoga. As always, if you have any ideas, if you see any special performances stand out this summer at the spa or maybe at Del Mar as well, we got to get a little bit of coverage out in California as well. I know there's a lot of great racing happening out there too. I physically am in Saratoga, so that's where my focus is. But let me know if you see anything great that you'd like to hear more about and the story behind it. And uh, looking forward to connecting with all of you and seeing a lot more of your amazing faces out at the racetrack, plus some incredible and exciting performances. I'll see you next time on In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. Thanks, everyone.